0: This is the Daily Texan Newscast, I'm Lillian Mitchell, And I'm Kelly Smith, filling in for Forrest Milburn. In the second half of the newscast, we'll have a story from Emily Wynn on student government unanimously passing two resolutions to expand the number of gender-inclusive restrooms on campus. Katie Doherty will tell us about a new student org aimed at fostering civil debate between people on different ends of the political spectrum. And JT Lindsey gets to know the Guild of Caroliners, the students responsible for the sounds coming from the UT Tower Bell.
1: But first, these headlines. It's Friday, September 16, 2016. From the Daily Texan Newsroom, here's what you may have missed. Daniel Hamilton McGee, an 18-year-old non-UT student, was arrested Monday night on charges of aggravated assault with a deadly weapon after witnesses said he shot security guard Edward Earls at the Sigma Chi fraternity house at a party the previous day, according to an arrest warrant affidavit. Sigma Chi hosted an event after the Texas football game where the affidavit state's attendees requested that McGee be escorted out for unruly behavior. Austin Police Assistant Chief Troy Gay said in a press conference Monday that McGee admitted to being heavily intoxicated and high on Xanax while at the party. McGee was looking to join the fraternity, but became upset when he was asked to leave and had to be physically removed by Earls, according to the affidavit. McGee returned to the party and, according to witnesses, fired one-shot at Earls, who was unarmed injuring the security guard's foot. Earls was taken to UMC Breckenridge. He was treated immediately after the incident and has since been released. Police said the investigation is ongoing and they are still in search of the weapon in question.
0: A weekend-long celebration kicked off last Friday at the LBJ auditorium with a salute to the 1956 black undergraduate class, the first year the university allowed black students to enroll and attend UT. The tribute, called Facing the Winds of Change with Dignity, Courage and Wisdom, honored around 75 men and women from the Precursors, a group of black UT alumni who attended the university more than 40 years ago. Speeches focused on the success of black former Longhorns despite the discrimination they faced in society at the time and the importance of continuing efforts now to ensure the university goes forward, not backward. Several hundred people were in attendance at Friday's tribute and perhaps the loudest applause came during Edna Rambo's closing remarks. Rambo, an alumna who attended the university in 1956, said, quote, If I were to take a look at some of the difficulties I experienced being a student on campus, I would say to myself, Edna, you cannot stop the waves or the tide, but you can sure learn how to surf. And I'm still surfing.
1: Student government approved the 2016-2017 budget at Tuesday's meeting, and representatives presented legislation for the upcoming school year. Members of SG approved the budget unanimously. Legislation presented at the meeting proposed adding a political debate for the general election, syllabi access for students, and gender-inclusive bathrooms. The proposed debate would be held on September 28th, and SG will reach out to the Austin American Statesman and the Daily Texan for moderation. SG will also reach out to political groups on campus, like college Republicans and university Democrats, to participate in the debate. We'll have more on the resolution promoting gender-inclusive bathrooms later in the newscast. President Gregory Fenves gave his State of the University
0: address Tuesday. As part of greater efforts to increase campus safety, Fenves said the UT Police Department will be adding more officers to its campus police force, at the suggestion of the Department of Public Safety's campus review. Currently, 94 officers comprise the UTPD force, a significant jump from 67 officers in 2013, according to UTPD Chief David Carter. The school also plans to upgrade lighting around campus and video monitoring and tighten control over building access. Increasing the size of the force may take some time, as funds have not been allocated to hire and train police officers yet, and the exact number of officers that will be necessary to meet the DPS evaluation standards has not been
1: decided. In his address, Fenves also said UT will commit $15 million in financial aid over the next two years to middle-income families starting next fall. THENBUS said this is being done in order to keep UT affordable by targeting families that may not qualify for federal aid but are still struggling to pay for college. According to Forbes, roughly one in four students at UT are considered low-income and 38% of all students take out some form of federal loan. In aiding middle-class students, as opposed to those from low-income families, student body president Kevin Helgren said he doesn't think the university is prioritizing one socioeconomic class over another, but rather trying to assist a larger group of students.
0: Alluding to San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick's decision to not stand for the national anthem before football games, UT System Chancellor William McRaven sent out a memo on August 29th to presidents and athletic directors within the UT system urging athletes to, quote, stand up straight when the national anthem is played. Kaepernick told NFL media his protest was bigger than football and he couldn't show pride for a country that oppresses black people and people of color. McRaven, a former admiral who retired from the military in 2014 to become chancellor of the UT system, said in the memo, no one is compelled to stand but by, quote, sitting in protest to the flag, they are disrespecting everyone who sacrificed to make the country what it is today, as imperfect as it might be. McRaven also said the flag is for everyone of every color, of every race, of every creed, and of every orientation.
1: Former Longhorn and seven-time NBA All-Star Kevin Durant spoke to a packed house at the AT&T Executive Education and Conference Center's Grand Ballroom last Friday. The conversation was moderated by Darren Roberts, the founder of the Center for Sports Leadership and Innovation. President Fenves attended the event as well as head basketball coach Shaka Smart, but the vast majority of the crowd is made up of students. A handful of randomly selected students were given the chance to ask Durant a question. Some of the loudest applause came after Durant said he chose to play for Texas because he was blown away as soon as he got off the plane. And Durant had his own comments to make about fellow athlete Kaepernick's protest, saying, quote, I'm behind anyone who stands up for what they believe in.
2: Tuesday's Student Government Assembly, two resolutions, AR6 and AR7, were passed to add gender-inclusive bathrooms in all campus buildings. Ashley Choi, university-wide representative, co-authored and presented the resolutions. AR6 focuses on incorporating gender-inclusive bathrooms in all pre-existing buildings, while AR7 focuses on changing all unisex and gender-neutral signs to gender-inclusive signs. Choi said she was proud that the student government recognized the need for gender inclusive bathrooms and that both bills passed with unanimous agreement.
3: I was very proud that the student government assembly passed it by unanimous consent, first of all. And secondly, I think it's a great statement coming from the student body and those who represent the student body that we support a more gender inclusive campus than we have now. And third, I just feel very supported by my colleagues and my peers who have helped me through this process and who have sponsored this, authored this, and who have helped me research and helped me implement these policies.
2: Both bills seek to create inclusive bathrooms for trans and gender non-conforming students and staff. Kyrie Davis, a government and sociology senior, hopes that these new policies will create a safer climate on campus for LGBTQ plus students.
4: It should be very helpful for trans and gender non-conforming students on campus and gender non-binary students where they can feel more comfortable to use the bathrooms of their choice. And certainly it'll go a long way to improving the campus climate for trans students so that they don't have to leave buildings in order to be able to use the bathroom. It's certainly a small step forward, and it definitely helps with accessibility for queer and trans students on campus, particularly trans students.
2: Choi said that the passing of these resolutions is a huge step for the LGBTQ plus community, but the entire student body can benefit from their implementation as well. Choi said they not only highlight the presence of the LGBTQ plus community on campus, but pose to educate students who may not be well versed about the community.
3: I think it will definitely be educational and also be a great way to expose and to actualize the trans community living and studying at UT. And they know that we have a gender and sexuality center, but they don't know that we don't have enough gender inclusive spaces on campus. So having these bills implemented and passed will be a great reminder that this campus not only exists for cisgender students, but also for trans and gender non-conforming students, faculty, and staff.
2: Kai said small efforts, like altering bathroom signs, speak volumes to how the university is actively taking steps to recognize the significance of all students at the university.
4: UT needs to be an inclusive space for everyone, and this is a very easy step the university can take to make trans-inclusivity more accessible and more readily available. We should, as a university, be progressive in our efforts to be inclusive of marginalized communities.
2: Student government representatives will approach building managers across campus to ask for compliance with legislation. The Gender and Sexuality Center is currently in possession of the new signs and will distribute them to buildings that that comply. Choi understands that the passing of both bills is a huge step towards progress, but recognizes there is need to do more. So what is the next step for the community? What is the next win?
3: I think the next win would be first actually implementing these policies and actually incorporating them in all forms of practicality and physical forms. And second one would be the Queer Student Alliance and I are also working on another resolution that will add more options to gender and pronouns in registrar. So it can be for current UT students, faculty, and staff, and it can be applicable for those who are in the process of applying to the University of Texas at Austin so when they do apply they're not faced with just male and female which is a gender binary but also more options that, that they can identify with.
5: One of the biggest issues in political discussion today is arguably partisanship. It can be difficult for those on opposite ends of the political spectrum to engage in debate. Compromise is difficult when people refuse to even listen to views that are different than their own. To this end, Josh Armstrong, a government junior in Liberal Arts Honours, and Daniel Orr, a Classics and Plan two junior, started the Texas Political Union, a new student organization which held its first meeting Monday night. Armstrong said this is a different kind of student org.
6: The Texas Political Union is a first-of-its-kind organization at UT. Uh, that offers a forum for political debate and discussion uh, in a non-competitive environment where students can uh, come and uh, participate in, in kinds of discussions that they're, they're not getting to have in these other political organizations on campus that are partisan. Not that there's anything wrong with those organizations. They're great. But uh, our, our goal here was to create a forum where you have to have these debates and discussions with people on the other side of the aisle.
5: According to Armstrong the inspiration for the club came from what they saw as a need for a different kind of political discussion on campus.
6: We had both been involved in uh, political debate organizations in high school and uh, we, when we came to UT we, we found that something was was really lacking there. That There was not a sort of uh, organization uh, that would allow us to uh, t- to debate without committing our lives to being on the debate team or the speech team or something like that, and not an opportunity to make our uh, political voices heard in uh, a-, a club that-, that did not already have a specific ideological bent. Um, so, yeah, we just, we just talked about that in our dorm room. We talked about it last year, too, and uh, we kicked around the idea for a few semesters and we finally decided that 2016 was the time to get this thing off the ground.
5: Around 16 people from various academic backgrounds attended the first meeting, in addition to Armstrong and Orr. The question of the night was what is college worth, with the debate centering around student loan debt and the cost and value of higher education in the United States. Opinions differed, but the discussion remained civil, which appealed to attendees such as Joshua Auderman, a business freshman.
7: I liked how it wasn't, it wasn't hostile or there wasn't any kind of tension in the room. I felt really comfortable, so I liked that. I think all dialogue is positive.
5: While future meetings are going to tackle wider issues, such as immigration to the US, this discussion was perhaps particularly interesting given the personal connection most people in the room had to it. This also allowed for points to be made which are not often heard in the national media coverage. Some students, for example, were irritated by construction on campus, which they felt was unnecessary. Others actually rejected the idea of free tuition, not because of the often cited burden on the taxpayer, but because of concerns that they would become just a number in a system. Given how personal the issue was for many students, it could have been expected that very few would change their minds. And yet, many attendees were willing to listen and adjust their own views. Pareth Gupta, a plan to an aerospace engineering freshman, for example.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially because the the viewpoints were uh, backed with with some pretty solid arguments and uh, very very logical ideas that that couldn't be brushed aside. They're uh, very, very intelligent arguments.
5: And Camilla Campman, a government freshman.
0: Yeah, that's one of the things I love about these kind of debate situations because it really makes you question what you believe, what other people believe. And it's a very conductive environment to questioning what you think you know and
8: what other people consider to be true.
5: Alex Wolheim, a government sophomore, was particularly passionate about the idea.
8: Yeah, absolutely. That's one of my main political beliefs is that my debate is so important because it allows you to see a, a different worldview. I think when you grow up in one part of the world or part of ethnicity or social class, economic class, you're, you're often surrounded by a similar opinions. So and when you talk to people that have different ones, you're able to um, either, either uh, challenge your own or better defend your own with legitimate facts and analysis. And in, in doing so, we're able to reconcile our disagreements and come together with things that reflect. When, when public policy is um, looked at and debated by people of certain kinds of backgrounds and they're not given consideration by others, there's still the opinion reflected on the table, but it doesn't take everybody into consideration. But when we talk to other people, when we debate with them, when we, we disagree with them in all kindness, we're able to produce um, Public policy and discussion that takes everybody into account at least, and I think that's what should be one of the main goals of our democracy. To do so
5: with a positive reception, it seems likely the Texas Political Union could have a bright future at UT. Armstrong certainly has high hopes for what the organization could be and achieve.
6: Well, uh, our hopes for the future of the club are to um, raise the, the the level of political discussion that happens at UT. Not not only in, uh, not not in the sense of Uh, making good arguments, but also in the sense of uh, civility and uh, in in forcing people to actually have conversations uh, with people who hold views that are different from their own.
7: That's the sound of Electrical Engineering Junior Alan Chen performing on the UT Tower Bells Thursday. It's impossible to set foot on the 40 acres without hearing the sound of the bells, but despite how ubiquitous their sound may be, many don't know anything about the students tasked with actually playing them, the UT Guild of Caroliners. Despite carrying a name that sounds more like a World of Warcraft faction than a Longhorn staple, the Guild is an active part of the UT community. Founded in 2010, the Guild is composed of nine members, regular UT students that perform every weekday with a program that varies each week. The instrument the Guild plays is known as the Knicker Carillon, which is comprised of 56 bells, making it the largest instrument in the state. The carillon stands 30 stories above the ground, where members play from a space smaller than a room at Jester East. The carillon is so large that it has to be played with a member's fists. President of the Guild, Druk Orland, an economics junior, noted that while the carillon has a similar layout to a piano, it doesn't feel like any other instrument he's played.
5: The layout is the same. It's a little, like, bigger than a piano because instead of keys, they're actually these big wooden batons that you're, like, pushing down with your fists. Uh, and so it feels a lot different.
7: Samuel Horde, a mechanical engineer and graduate student, has been playing carillons for five years, starting at Brigham Young University, and he's been playing here for a year. He praised the UT carillon for being especially well-maintained compared to others, and joked that it was a great instrument for even the most mistake-prone of musicians.
4: This carillon is interesting. It's different from some other carillons that I've played on. Uh, it's 30 floors up, so if you miss a note, people aren't going to hear it.
7: Members gather once a week to hone their skills and show off what songs they've been working on. Vignesh Ramdas. An economics and marketing junior and the group's social media director said that he loves the wide range of music the Guild plays, explaining that their programs can include anything from Beethoven to Beyonce. The Guild performs special concerts sometimes, but people can request songs on the group's Facebook page or on their Twitter, at Texas Carillon anytime. Orland described the experience of performing atop the legendary tower as being unlike any other, with the balconies that extend out 800 feet above the east and north malls still providing awe-inspiring views, even as he begins his third year playing the
5: bells. And I just never get tired of, like, climbing out there and, like, looking down on the east mall. Just, you're so high up and you can see it all over. Uh, I think that's my favorite part. Uh, I mean, the playing is super fun, too, but uh, it's it's cool to just have that perspective.
7: From Monday through Friday, not only do the bells toll to mark the passage of time, but special programs are put on by regular longhorns who work hard to bring the sounds of everything from classical music to jazz to hip-hop to campus through the iconic bells, putting their own twist on a classic institution.
0: That about does it for this week's edition of the Daily Texan newscast.
1: In the meantime, there is always more news at dailytexanonline.com. You can also follow the Daily Texan on Twitter at the Daily Texan, this and our other podcasts at Texan Podcast. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Just
0: search for the Daily Texan newscast. I'll see you next week, everybody. Bye, guys.
7: This podcast was produced by the Daily Texan and hosted by Lillian Michel and Kelly Smith. Our reporters were Emily Nguyen, Katie Doherty, and J.T. Lindsay. The music was by Jazar. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode, and you can always find more news
2: at dailytextonline.com.